What if God gave you a crystal ball that actually worked? I mean, God gave you this crystal ball and you knew exactly everything that was going to happen to you, including your eternal destiny in heaven. Would that change the way you live? Would you have a new perspective on life? Would the problems of life be kind of minor because it really doesn't matter? It would be like a billionaire who loses a penny. Is he going to worry about that penny? No. He's a billionaire. Well, guess what, folks? God has given you, in a way, a crystal ball that really does work. God has shown every faithful believer that kind of a future in the very last book of the Bible. Revelation 21, let's look at verse number 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. New. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Don't miss that last statement. As believers in Jesus Christ, we look forward to a new home. A new home prepared by God Himself for each faithful Christian. Don't miss the significance of also there was no more sea. You, you see, for people back then, the sea could be scary, very scary. For example, the people who lived in the promised land, they were acquainted with the, the Sea of Galilee. And with the Sea of Galilee, you've got the Golan Heights and winds come down off the Golan Heights and storms can come up just like that. And it was scary. Also, the Jewish people knew that, that if the enemy came from the east and started marching toward them, where could they go? Because to the west was the Mediterranean Sea. So the sea was scary to them. It says there are no more sea. There's no more fear. There's no, no more scare. Because we have confidence in our God. More than that, in heaven there is no death there as well. We're going to look at that in verse 4, but first look at verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You know, we've had some pretty weddings here in the last few years. we got another one coming up real soon. Weddings are pretty. You've got a beautiful bride. And she's decked out in the dress of her choice. And you got all the bridesmaids, you got the building all prepared. It is a beautiful scene. And here John is describing that kind of scene to you and me. The city is so beautiful, she looks like a bride on her wedding day. Have you ever seen an ugly bride? No. You know, that doesn't happen because. That's not what we expect. Look at verse now, verse 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold. 
Behold, the tabernacle of God is with me and, and he will dwell with them. Circle that word dwell. Being with the Father 24-7. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There are sad things that happen in our life. There are sad things that take place in our world. Just turn on the news and you see a lot of sadness happening. God will wipe away every tear. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain for the former things. The things of this world, they've passed away. They're no more. The shortest complete story in the English language, supposedly written by Ernest Hemingway, is only six words long. Only six words long. But when you hear these six words, think about the images that pop up in your mind. Can you feel the pain? Can you feel the sorrow? Here are those six words. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Think about that. Can you picture a couple looking forward to that birth of that baby? And the baby dies before they can even hold that baby. This world is full of sorrows and heartaches. But in heaven, all of that will be gone. Verse number five. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true. These words are true and faithful. It's true. God is building us a new home. He's already built it. But that home is not for everybody. It wouldn't work for God to populate his new home with old creatures. They would only mess it up just like they did with God's first creation. No, we are a new creation. If you want to go into God's new home, you must be a new creature. You must find new life in Christ. Verse 6, And he said to me, It is done. It's finished. It's done. I am the Alpha, the beginning of the alphabet, the Greek alphabet, and the Omega, the end. I'm from A to Z, as we would say it in English. The beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirst. Water. To him who thirst. God gives new life. To the thirsty. God gives new life to those who long for something better. God gives new life to those who are tired of their sin and, and long for a better way of life. Does that describe you? Then you are a prime candidate for heaven. All you need to do is obey. It's yours for free, verse 7. 
He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Isn't that wonderful? The thirsty become overcomers and become sons and daughters of God. That is, kings in his kingdom. Growing up on the farm, every Monday I would get my assignment. Maybe one week I was to plow all the beans. My goal was to get all of my work done by Friday night. So I would work hard Friday through Friday because I wanted Saturday for me. I wanted to go fishing. There was a pond behind our house, and I would, uh, Mom would pack me a picnic lunch, and me and the dog and and my fishing pole and my current favorite book would go back to that pond and we'd spend the day fishing and reading. Here's a, a problem. When you're driving a tractor, started off with a H and then a M, then a Super M farm all, and then later I got a little bit bigger. We never had one of those fancy cab tractors, you know, with the air conditioning and, and the radio and the TVs and all of that. Oh, no. We were out there. I mean, no umbrella, no cab. It was hot, hot, hot. And I didn't want to take my water bottle and put it down on the ground because that would slow me down. I'd have to go back and hunt it and get it and take a drink and then go back to my work. And I didn't want to do that. That would take up time. And every minute was precious. But if I put my water bottle on that tractor, that tractor got hot. And by the afternoon, my water would no longer be ice water. It would be hot water. Mother came up with a solution. One of the few things we bought from the store was milk. We didn't have any milk cows. We bought our milk. And back then, milk did not come in your plastic one-gallon jugs. Remember the paper half-a-gallon containers? That's where all your milk came in back then. Mom would save those paper, hard, cardboard-type paper milk containers. And then she'd wash them out after all the milk was gone. And then she'd put water in it and then freeze it. Suddenly, you've got a half a gallon of frozen water. You put that in my water bottle, it would stay cold all day long, even to the very end of the day. And that water... Water, ice-cold water to me is the drink of champions. Love that water. John is trying to describe a situation like that. Where you love something so much, God will give us water to the thirsty. That's exactly who heaven is for. It's for that thirsty person that, that craves that Water from God. It's for people who are thirsty and who triumph through faithful obedience in Christ. Please, if you haven't already, put your trust in Jesus. Obey and let Him change you from the inside out. Let Him give you the water of life without cost. Otherwise, you'll miss out. Because heaven is only for those who have received new life in Christ. The rest miss out. Look at verse 8. 
Boy, look at verse 8. Take a moment and look at verse 8. This list. I don't want to have anything to do with these people. Look at that. Murderers. Idolaters. Sexually immoral. Liars. Shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death. Think about this statement. Those who are born once die twice. But those who are born twice die only once. Think about it. I want to live with my God. As believers in Christ, we look forward to a new home. More than that, we look forward to a grand home. Look how John describes it. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. We live in a beautiful part of the world. In my 65 years of life, we have never lived in any place as beautiful as Garland County. The trees, the mountains, the valleys, the creeks, gorgeous. This is just a drop in the bucket compared to heaven. The holy city, the new Jerusalem, will shine like a radiant bride and like a sparkling jewel. One little girl was taking a walk with her father in the countryside one night. And if you've never looked up in the sky on a clear night when you're out in the country, when you're away from all the city lights and all this. It's amazing, all the stars. It seems like there are just thousands of stars all around. And the father was trying to explain to his little girl about heaven and, and how, you know, we're on this side of heaven and on the other side of, of the universe is heaven. And the little girl as only a little girl could say it. She said this, Daddy, if the wrong side of heaven is so beautiful, what do you think the right side will be like? Think about that. God has given us a beautiful world, but He is going to outdo it when He presents heaven to us. We can't imagine it, can we? Our new home will shine brighter than the jewels on a radiant bride. Second, our new home will be secure. It will be very safe. Verse 12, and also she had a great and high wall with 12 gates. In, in their thinking, a wall was security. You can't be secure in your city unless you have a great wall. The new Jerusalem has the best wall of all. 
It's secure. But also, did you notice it has 12 gates? Because heaven will be spacious. There will be plenty of room for the faithful believers of all age. Verse 12 and 13. And 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. 12 gates. One day I had to go to a, a business to buy some special light bulbs for the church building. This was many, many years ago. And I pulled into the parking lot. And I guess they had taken an old building and done some changes because there was no door facing me as I parked the car. So I said, well, the door must be on another side. So I went to the left. It wasn't on the left side. It wasn't on the other side. The door actually was on the other side, on the right side. It was right next to the corner facing the parking lot. But you couldn't see it. You see, I had to walk all the way around that building to find the door. Heaven has 12 gates. Those who are deemed worthy to live eternally in heaven, there's no having to look around for the door. There's no having to look around for the gate. 12 gates telling us that for those who are deemed worthy, who have lived a faithful Christian life, heaven is easy to get into. You don't have to work at it. You just have to live a faithful Christian life. Verse 14 now. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. We, our faith is built on the faith of those wonderful apostles who blazed the trail for you and I today, verse 15. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square, its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length and breadth and height are equal. In terms of shapes, a perfect cube is regarded as the perfect shape. Heaven is a perfect cube, a perfect place. It is perfectly made. Verse 17, that he measured its walls 144 cubits according to the measure of a man that is of an angel. Everything is perfect about this city. Heaven will be splendid. It will be more beautiful than anyone can ever imagine. Verse 18. The construction of its walls was of jasper. The city was pure gold, like clear glass. Verse 19, we have, verse 19 and verse 20, we have a listing of the foundation. It's perfect. It's perfect. This is a place of unmistakable beauty designed to reflect the glory of God in a spectrum of brilliant color. Verse 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold. 
The street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. There is an old preacher story, a very, very fictional, let me emphasize the word fictional, story of the man with one request. He wanted to bring something with him to heaven. So the Lord said, well, I'll tell you what, for you, you've lived such a good life as a Christian, I'm going to let you bring one suitcase into heaven. He decided to take his gold. He had a lot of money. So he loaded that suitcase down with all his gold. At the gate, the angel said, well, I see you got something with you. We don't allow that into heaven. And the man said, I got a special, a special favor from the Lord. He said, I could bring one suitcase. Angel said, okay, well, open it. What's, what's inside of it? And he showed him. Angel said, why did you bring pavement? Compared to heaven, our money is worthless. Why then do we kill ourselves just to get more? That's a good question. Why do we kill ourselves just to get more? Heaven will shine. Heaven will be secure. Heaven will be spacious. And heaven will be splendid. But best of all, God himself will be there. Verse 22, but I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. You know, darkness is scary. We've already talked about how the sea could be scary. Well, darkness is scary, but there's no darkness in heaven. It's just light. Verse 24. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the king of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, no darkness. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. A few years ago, a little boy and his mommy, she was a single mom, both came down with cancer. The doctor told the mother, it's terminal for both of you. It looks like your son will probably die first. You'll outlive him, but you both are going to die. So the mother requested that they put both of them in the same room. So they put two beds in the same hospital room. And that mother wanted to kind of prepare her little boy. He was only five years old for what was going to happen. So she said, you know, you know how we at church have, have talked about heaven? Well, guess what, Tyler? You're going to get to go to heaven pretty soon. And I just want you to be ready for it because, you know, I wanted you to grow up here on earth, but it looks like you're going to grow up in heaven. So they talked some more about it. And then the mother, she started having a lot of pain. The nurse gave her some medication that would make her go to sleep and rest. Meanwhile, Tyler's mind was working and he said to the nurse, my mother said I'm going to die. 
would you do me a favor? The nurse said, well, sure. What do you need? Over in that suitcase is a, my favorite red shirt. Would you be sure to put me in that red shirt when I die? The nurse said, yes, I'll be glad to, but why? Tyler said, Mommy has told me that, that, that I'm going to go there first and, and she wants to join me there and, and she's going to come later and she might miss me. Because understand there's going to be a lot of people in heaven and she might miss me, but she'll know me in that red shirt. You know, heaven. Heaven for Tyler wouldn't be heaven without his mommy. As wonderful as heaven is, heaven wouldn't be heaven without those we love. And especially without our Lord Jesus Christ. The best thing about heaven is that Jesus is there. And each person who has died a faithful Christian life is there. Tell me, will you be there? Verse 27. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those, don't miss this, only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name written there? It can be. If you put your trust in Christ today and obey Him. Imagine with me. A family of four living in a very modest home. It was functional. It worked, but it, it certainly wasn't glamorous. There was always things breaking down and, and there was scratches on the wall and wear and tear on the appliances. One day, the grandpa came to visit his grandchildren. He said, hey guys, I have just found out that in 10 years, I'm going to inherit a million dollars. And at my age, I really don't need it. You know, I, I live comfortably. I'm going to take that million dollars and, and I'm going to get you a new home. A brand new home with everything new in it. Just wait for 10 years. After the grandpa left, the son, his grandson, said, Wow, a new home. What are we going to do with this house? I tell you what, let's just trash it. You know, we're, not, we're, not, we're going to get rid of it in 10 years anyway. Let's just trash it. Let's forget about it. It's nothing. The daughter, the granddaughter said, oh, no, I, I tell you what, I'm going to spend my time dreaming about that new home and how nice it's going to be and how wonderful it's going to be. The father, the son of the grandpa, he said, well, I tell you what, no more repairs. I'm not going to, I mean, I, I'll fix it if the roof falls in, but beyond that, I'm not going to fix a thing, because why should I? 
But the wife, the mom of the grandchildren, said, you folks, you guys all got the wrong attitude. If we trash our current home, that's going to set the way we live our life as trash. And we're, we'll end up trashing the new home. We need to prepare for a better home. So let's live like we're already living in that new home. And to her daughter, she said, you know, why spend all of our time dreaming about the new home? We need to live in the here and now. We need to live in the here and now and do our best to get prepared for that new home. And to her husband, she said, why live with everything broken down? Why not fix it? Why not make this life as good as possible? You know, that wife, that mom, she knew what was best. Here on earth, we can trash our lives, but if we do, we won't be prepared for that life, that perfect life in heaven. We can spend all of our time dreaming about heaven and not living in today's world, and we'll miss out on influencing people and helping people come to know Jesus. And if we don't fix the problems in our lives, we won't be able to enjoy that home in heaven. We need to be prepared. Are you prepared? You know what happens at the end of every one of my sermons? That. Are you a Christian? If you're not a Christian, you don't have your name written there. Your name is not there. And you will spend eternity with that list of bad people. Remember that list of bad people? I don't want to spend that, my eternity with those bad people. No way. I want to be a Christian. If you need to seek forgiveness, God will forgive. The church stands ready to pray for you and with you. If you have any need to respond, please do so as we stand and sing for your encouragement.